Hi, I'm Karen Minahan and you're very welcome to my podcast, Take a Chair, Talking Theatre and Creativity, where I get the opportunity to chat to fascinating artists from all genres about their inspiration and practices. You'll hear a lot about collaboration and collective creativity, that's my term for my process of working, and I explore how these artists work with others and what they mean by the term collaboration. This is episode one of series one, which is published in tandem with a blog of the same name if you'd like to check it out at karenminahan.wordpress.com. That's K-A-R-E-N-M-I-N-I-H-A-N. Don't ask. In this episode, I'm talking to Julia Zagar. She is a friend and co-creator for about 20 years. This podcast was recorded in July 2020. We live near each other in Skull in West Cork. I'm looking southwards from the Mizzen Peninsula onto Cape Clear, while Julia from her home has the view to the west over Sheep's Head and the Bearer Peninsula. Just a note before this podcast, I wish to apologise in advance for slightly crackly sound at times and a pinging phone. I first asked Julia to introduce herself. Good morning, Karen. It's great to be here and exciting to be part of this new part of your journey. I have lived here in West Cork for 22 years and have fiddled in, oh, hundreds of different creative endeavours in my entire in one, life. In one word, what do you describe yourself as? Or your creative life? Or two words, or a sentence? Um, a revel in colour, possibly, is one of the biggest things. Colour and pattern, as far as my creative thing, that is what excites me. Do you see yourself as an artist? I think I should see myself as an artist. It's taken me, I would say, the last decade to introduce myself or when a stranger says, and what do you do? I still hesitate to say, oh, well, I'm an artist. But I'm getting better at that. And that, yes, I think I am an artist. I'm an artist and a designer because you have an enormous interest in design as well difference between I would say design possibly is more disciplined um I guess it gets back to that colorful pattern I am yes there is an element of being a designer in me and I think it comes across in some of my work that the the design of it is important so yes I am I an artist as opposed to a designer I don't know. The pendulum swings, doesn't it? Sometimes I feel more designery, and then possibly I am more of a designer than an artist. But I'm trying really hard to be an artist. <laughs> and do you are you aware of that when you're working? Are you aware of a struggle in it, or a, not, not so much a struggle, but a, a friction, or a, or or do you are you just so absorbed in what you're doing that you just move it on? on? It depends on the. Yeah, it depends on the medium that I'm working in. At the moment, I'm so into textiles. So that doesn't, and my practice at the moment doesn't quite, it's not as orderly. Oh, how do I say this? Textiles certainly could be designery for sure. Um, At the moment, it's not designery with my textiles. I think with my drawing, possibly my computer work, my other creative stuff it would be more designery but textiles at the moment is not designery it's much more artistic and create um fluid and and spontaneous maybe designery is not spontaneous do you find that when you are working that if you for example are working on a design project um are you aware that you are you feel the need to do the other more free or something is that is that um would that be a right word no i think it actually i would say is the other way around when i'm doing my other art it, it when design when i'm doing my design i am not as spontaneous i don't think i don't think and it is more ordered whereas i think it's the other way around that when i'm doing my art i feel i should be a little bit more ordered does okay. that make sense rather yeah. than my design being more I think it's the other way around. Yeah. Is that a tension in it? Do you feel the need to, for example, if I don't perform for a while, 
I find that I there's something in me. I find I'm telling far too many stories when I meet people in the shop because there is this desire in me to perform. Um, when there isn't a stage show that I am performing in and when I'm focusing on the directing or whatever else or writing, then I find that I rely on our scurry up tonight. Uh, this group that we just to explain to people who don't know Julie and I run a scurry up tonight together where we invite people to come and perform and uh, we relish the opportunity to get pe give people a chance and to hear what's going on and it could be anything uh, and to perform ourselves and to perform ourselves but yeah but that is definitely a performance uh, for me you know that that yeah. feeds that performance yeah. side of it. Um, I think photography and capturing things is would fill that that need that I have. A, a day does not go by that I don't take a photograph of something and capture the color, the light, the something. So possibly, whereas you would be performing by storytelling, I'm creating with a photograph, I think. I, I do try and capture that. Um, certainly my sketchbook practice is more of of a scrapbook, more of a mood board than actually physically sketching stuff. I, I capture stuff from magazines and stuff. So yes, that need, that need to, to create, I think is possibly satisfied with photography and capturing an image rather than physically doing. Okay, and come back, come into, the, into this idea of the scrapbook. Are you, do you have a scrapbook every day or is it just for a particular project? I capture a lot of images. I mean, every time I pick up a magazine or a newspaper or something, I generally see something that excites me and I pull it out. So yes, I have a stack of sketchbooks that it goes in in a fairly chaotic order. I, and I'm inclined to open up the book and stick it in and, oh, look, there's an image. Oh, this one kind of relates to it. And it's definitely a moving thing that, that goes on the whole time. And I'm looking back at sketchbooks that I've had now a decade and sticking things in that relate to pages and images and um i'm using written word a little bit more too i think i'm beginning to For write sure, a little yeah. bit more yeah i'm such a visual person um things like somebody telling me their telephone number it, i mean i just cannot take it in but if i see it written down it's fine i know your interest in mood boards <laughs> we worked on amadeus last year how many mood boards did we did did you create? Did you create about ten of them? I think, I think we had ten or eleven of them. Yes, I love doing mood boards, and in a different world, if there was a way that I could have a career out of doing mood boards, I would be. But you're doing you do mood boards for fun. In do you, do you need a particular idea to do a mood board, or that's what my sketchbooks almost turn into on mood boards. So when I say that I'm pulling out, and it says, "Oh, look, that color is the same." Okay, well, one's a you know a flower and one's a high-rise building but there's something that relates and there's yeah so yeah. my sketchbooks are basically mood boards now whether i actually use them for any of my work is another issue <laughs> do, do i recall you going back to use your mood board to, to go and say uh so you know for for one of our projects or whatever and, and that you you were looking at i don't know uh shoes or whatever and that you might run run back through your your sketchbooks I do run through my sketchbooks, yes, and um, I use them more as an inspirational tool rather than an ex explorational tool, tool if yeah. you get me. Yes. So I will open up my, when I'm floundering with something I want to do, I'll open up my sketchbook and something will resonate for that moment and that's what I will go on for. I don't use my sketchbook as other artists, I believe, use them that they're experimenting and trying something and trying something. It is an exploration, I suppose. A mood board is an exploration. Yeah. And, and so your project, you of art every day for a year. Is that just a giant mood board? Is that what it is? It's not quite. It's not quite. It's more particular than a mood board. You know what I mean? A mood board has a freeness. It is. It's, 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 more, it's more trying to get back to the original thing is what makes the difference between an artist and a designer is that discipline. So it was just a personal challenge to myself to make myself do something, make myself do something every day and not let things just slide. I'm inclined to let things slide in my own creative practice okay. and go, oh, well, 
the garden is pretty and I, I don't want to be in my studio today. Whereas I was yes. trying to force myself to spend time, a little bit of time every day doing something creative and making and, 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 and explain for I obviously know what that is, but but explain just generally how so I am doing I am doing I set myself a challenge at the beginning of this year, which is 2020, which ironically, as everyone knows, has been a different year from others. I but this was back in December. I kind of thought about it to do a challenge and set myself a challenge. So every day I do a postcard-sized textile hand-stitched postcard and take I take inspiration sometimes from what the day is and the weather and what I've been doing or sometimes I literally just sit down and and dig into my stash of fabrics and see what happens what magic happens sometimes I go to my sketchbooks and flip it open and go okay that's what I'll do I'm going to do that color um, I've got much more relaxed I know that I don't need to produce a masterpiece every day and if it doesn't work it doesn't work which has been very liberating that I'm not compelled to produce something that needs to be framed and hung in a gallery it's literally a, a plane and sometimes I spend two hours at it sometimes I spend 45 minutes the the time element is quite big because the physicality of actually stitching it's not something it's not like a sketch that you could do in 10 minutes I mean even uh, most of my time is spent <laughs> faffing around choosing the backgrounds and what am I going to do, but the actual, yeah. So I have done 200 and whatever it is today, 225, I think, or 26 today. Fantastic. And have not today. And it has been interesting. <clears throat> it is in a way, like you said, almost like a giant mood board and that I am, I think, honing in on some, something that I might look at next year as a body of work. Yes, okay. Do you see when you look back over it? Because from o o occasionally you've taken a shot. I know for your Instagram where you put um, it. Do, do you see a theme? A, yeah. There's a definite theme developing. There's a definite um, strength, I think. Um, more, more. Um, what's the word? More um, confidence, I think. Okay. I think. I question, I'm very interested in circle at the moment, and I question whether it's okay just to put another circle on there. I don't know. And then I look at other artists and go, well, we can all identify a Picasso because he did basically the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again. I, I somehow go, is it all right that I just do these circles over and over and over again? Maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I have to reinvent the wheel um, yeah. excuse the pun there but yes every day but maybe that's okay i yes yeah so maybe a giant sketchbook maybe a giant mood board for sure aware that your work is very concerned with uh the environment uh you you're and you've, you when you mentioned color it's also about flowers and and the environment generally i would see your awareness of the environment having a huge impact on your work uh, have a huge concern about us, what we're doing to environmentally. So do you have a thought on that or want to talk to that? Well, it's really interesting is that I have, after a lot of many years of trying all sorts of things, I have landed on the amazing world of textiles and fabrics. And if I look back on my life, textiles and fabrics have always been huge. I think and clothes and these clothes come from and where the fabrics come from and their history it's almost like quilt making the traditional American well not only American but quilt that they took bits of their own you know clothes and repurposed it into something that was then functional and usable and sustainable and, and prolonged the life of that fabric usefully so I source all my fabrics basically from charity shops and, and people have given me pieces and stuff. I very rarely buy fabric. I don't think it's necessary. I think it's important that we keep fabrics going 
I mean, it's the, the fabric and fashion industry is up there with the oil industry as far as an impact on the environment. And I think it's a huge, huge, huge topic, topic that maybe is another day's work. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's huge and massive. But yes, it is important to me, the environment. Yeah. And the and and fabric where did where, when when did you start creating with fabric apart apart from outfits and I would say it's been about a decade ago. I um or even longer, probably now 15 years ago, I was in a group of ladies and women creators and we were met around my kitchen table to create crafts basically it was a little craft group and i bumped into a textile artist suki sindel who here in in west cork and she came over and gave us a workshop and the rest as they say was history and yeah. she sat down she bought i can remember she bought this big bag of fabrics and dumped them on my kitchen table and basically said start with creating uh, a horizon and okay. the rest it was just that was just magic it was like yeah. oh my and it, the original pieces I did, I did a lot of machine stitching with them. Um, I've moved away from machine stitching simply because, as I keep saying, color is important. So that wretched thread in a machine needs to be a different color for what I'm working on. And just the changing of threads on a machine, even though I quite like the machine stitching, I much... I'm much more excited now by the physicality of hand stitching of that slow doing something. It's like, it's like weaving or potting or carving of wood. This is an ancient, ancient practice that man has been doing forever and I'm continuing it. So actually I prefer, and I prefer the marks made by hand stitching now than yeah. the machine. Stitching. So yeah. I do have a swanky new machine that, does all these things but I don't use it yeah. it reminds me a little bit of, of handwriting versus typing yeah. on, a, on a computer that somehow I'm, I'm, I'm a huge believer in in handwriting getting you into a space in your head that is different to creating on a machine exactly it's that that connection between your brain and your hand yeah and the slowness of it as well that slows you down and yeah. and the actual physicality and and learning that one end of the thread threads differently yeah you know it's that's a realization because i really like operating with um well not operating but working with very nice needles and thin needles, I work with thin needles because I work with very thin fabrics so that there's less distortion of the fabric and the thread. Obviously then it's quite tough to thread a needle that yes. is so thin. And I have learned that one end of the thread works better because obviously it's however it's spun. Okay, yes. It's going to be a little thicker or something. It's going to be a little, it's going to, you're working against the, against the yeah. fibers I get yes so course, yeah. you know that and then you, you you realize that oh my god then it's actually going through the thread the, the fabric smoother and better so oh, there is course. a right way, a wrong way to thread the threads oh wow oh wow yeah <laughs> yeah extraordinary and then my my fascination like you say of the environment i cannot bear wasting things so i have bowls on my work table that have got bits of thread that are maybe only six inches long i can't bring myself to quite throw that out yeah you never know yeah, when yeah. you need that little bit of thread yeah. so i say and especially now with my challenge that i'm doing these little pieces little scraps of fabric are incredibly important that you yeah. find this little bit that's got a particular pattern on it and it just works and yeah. so i do have this great big bin that is filled with scraps and some of them develop this fantastic aged pattern if you can say that about fabric that they fray or they've been sort of yeah i don't know they're distorted and sometimes that works i'm not particularly interested at the moment with texture with my fabric so i'm using very similar fa uh, fabrics rather than textured fabrics of tweeds okay. and corduroy yes. at the moment okay. not important it's much more the color the the overplay of pattern and that magic or surprise that happens when you put two very disparate things together 
and suddenly something magic comes out of it. Which I think I get excited about in all things. Yeah. You know, working with you on design, set design. Oh my God, look, we've suddenly put that light onto that background and we've yeah. created that, yeah. that excitement and, and oh, what's the word? Energy that comes from something that's so unexpected. And moving into that kind of working then in the, the collaboration, the, the, where does that fit into your way of working? I love collaborating. I love collaborating. I think I, I am a better team player than possibly, or I play possibly a better footballer than a golfer or something, uh, the sports analogy. I really get a lot out of collaborating with people. I've, I'm in a group of textile artists and we have done a number of collaborative works and it's so exciting to kind of go, oh my God, I never thought of doing that. Oh, can I add to that? Can I, can I stimulate them to be excited? I mean, yes. I can't quite how to vocalize that, but I get a lot out of, of seeing somebody. It's not that I want to teach them, but I love, I love seeing when somebody has realized their potential. Mm. When I go, oh my God, you're so excited by my patch of orange and pink. And you put blue, blue next to it because that's what makes you excited. And you're excited by it. Because I think collaboration is different to different people. So, so for you, what is collaboration? I uh, think collaboration is definitely the pinging back of ideas of of support, of creativeness, um, yeah, support, I suppose support. And, and also that idea of providing a platform. Support, I suppose, is collaborative. It's kind of broad and it's, and it's kind of narrow in another way. So that you have, for example, the uh, West Cork Creates group at one stage had a collaborative effort where one person uh, created their piece and then the other person created on top of it. So they were obviously they planned it together and had an idea and bounced off each other I imagine. That's in, in discussion with people that's kind of a lot of what people do. You know they talk through they get their idea one person does one thing and the other layers on top and maybe there's another layer or whatever. Uh, but what you've been talking about there is slightly different again I think. It's moving into I suppose what I like to do is that sense of where you're looking and you're, you know, you know that wonderful uh, moment when the synergy comes together, say for you and I, where you're yeah. saying, no, that's not quite right. That's not quite right. That's not. And uh, that, it's, it's this, this support, I think. I, I somehow I'm visualizing, I, I'm visualizing, this is really odd with this conversation. I'm visualizing some steps at different levels and you're on here with one thing and then you ping it over to this other, the other person's on the other thing and they somehow ping it onto this and it goes up and up and up and there's this pinging and you're always going up to just the pinnacle of this fantastic idea. Maybe it's a giant pyramid that you're on these different levels and it's like, oh, take this one, climb a bit more, take this one. Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, look, you know, it's something, I think it's a supportive endeavor the collaboration and and the the permission of yes take that uh, yes permission and support this yeah. is very interesting yeah 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 we'll try that with that the rope and and, and bubble wrap yeah, yeah that's a good yeah support and permission i think to to create and for me it's also getting into that part of the head that is it's playful and it's, and I love when somebody has a really clear idea, no, we have to stick with this. That, that has to be it. And particularly if there's a moment where the other person isn't feeling it and it sits there and then all of a sudden you think, actually, if I just yes, do this. Yes, exactly. But that's back to the support and permission. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What you permission to stand firm on that block yes, at that moment? Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, we're all going to rush around you and we're yeah. all throwing the stuff at you and you stand and we're actually that that sense of collaboration is that sense that we're giving you permission to be 
rock solid on yeah. that color. Yeah, um, but vice we, versa as well. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it goes the other way as well. That's some that, that yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, when you're standing on your blocks like I will have it purple and you're all running <laughs> it's gonna be silver. There's a part that finally goes in here, maybe okay, yeah, we'll have mainly purple, but silver is a good yeah. yeah. So that's <laughs> yeah. you know, of of and it that level of and it's back to what you always say a little bit with status too, because that status changes. So I am sticking firm yes. with my high status and saying that is what my idea is going to be. And I really, really, really feel strongly about that. And that's putting you up here and, you know, but then that flips when you finally admit that actually, yes, you could tweak that and it would be better or something else. And then the status has shifted and that's all okay. And that's all okay, yeah. And that's the that's the permission and that's the support that you're talking about as well, for sure. It's okay for you to back down and say, yeah, you kind of right, that silver was better than purple. Yeah. Or whatever. And I guess when you're in your own, my own practice, it, it, it's this shoulder, that shoulder that's saying, okay. Yeah, for hard, sure. Hard. So allowing yourself to go, actually, no, that's not right. Yeah. And There's, okay, it, it's a really curious thing about that. You know, there are two things that are coming to mind over what we've done. So there was the moment in Amour. So we did Amour in 2011, I think is when we first did it. And Amour, in Amour, um, you, Julia, you had worked on the birds. There needed to be two birds at the end that were kind of fundamental, where the dogs, the, 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 the birds were hunted and... The, the dogs went to get them and they came back and uh, the young man, Carl, picked up the, the two birds in his hand. And you arrived in having worked on these birds. They were quite formed. They were pieces of, of, of dark brown fabric with, with glints in them. Yeah. And they were quite formed. And I remember looking at them thinking, that's not it. That, that it just isn't quite right. And it being a slight disappointment, I think, at the time. <laughs> I yes <laughs> as Julia showed me a piece of the fabric and in fact I discovered them recently I have them washed next door <laughs> but yeah. but somehow you know with a little thinking or or and, a, and softening we actually took those forms and softened them and that's what became the birds because they then became vulnerable and malleable or something and moving and, and I think that's that's the journey that 10 years ago has made a difference in yes. our collaboration. Because in fact, we're now working together for 20 years, uh, which is, <laughs> which is uh, kind of mind-blowing. And Julia, I, what is amazing about this conversation is that I've discovered things about the way you work that I never knew this morning. All right. Okay. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. Good. Well, of course, when you have to, when you have to sit down and actually talk about this, you yeah. find things out yourself that you go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, why do I do this? Why am I doing anything? Yeah, um, yeah. How important some things are and how to let them go. And I don't know. I'm glad I'm fast approaching sixty and. I have this space in my head and my life to do that right now. And I think there's the whole issue of being a woman in today's world too is exciting. Yeah. So that, that's another podcast discussion. We've got two further podcasts now. Yes. <laughs> we'll just stick to my love of color. That's really interesting. Why are we doing it? Why are you doing it? Why are we doing it? it particularly at this current time, uh, it, 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 there's a sense of actually digging down into why one does anything. Um, um, have you found it helpful? Actually, the, this morning in the paper, Grayson Perry did an article, um, has just written an article right along these lines in, in light of lockdown and COVID, that we have to try and hold on to that time and space that we were given during lockdown to be creative and how incredibly important it is. And if it is, you know, to go out there and if it's to do it yourself or to do it in a group, but how incredibly important being, being creative is for the human man, for everyone to, whether it's to 
draw or sing, dance, create, pot, garden, whatever it is that you have, we have to, it, what defines us, I think, as, as animals, as humans, is that ability to create. Not many other animals create in that way. And we have to, I can't think of any animals that create. I think that, no. Uh, the weaver bird creating. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but that's slightly that's, different that's, intention. That's create, but yes, but they don't, all weaver birds do the same thing, don't they? Yeah. Not like one weaver bird suddenly goes, oh, right, I'm now going to make this nest. Yes. There, yeah. There's certainly a little bit of distinction, I think, in what they choose. There's, there's something fascinating about the fact that they choose a feather or something. And, I know, but what are they doing it for then? Yes, They're so doing it to attract a lovely attract woman. You know, yes. Look what I've done. I've built an amazing thing for you. Yes, <laughs> yes. I don't think our creativity is that. Maybe it is. I don't think it is. Um, yeah. I don't think into it. So, you know, that it's a creative thing. Uh, some people, I always maintain that everybody is creative. I have yeah, a good friend so too, yeah. who isn't creative and doesn't have a creative bone in her body. And I go, but you are. You. Yeah. She said, but I can't draw. I know, but you can write. Yeah. You have decorated your house in this amazing yeah. way. But, you know, you, I think we're all creative. I think that's something that we lose as adults. And it's been, I mean, it's not a new or original thought, but every child that you've ever known is the most creative creature on earth and then one thing and another leads to them losing that creativity yeah, freedom. Yeah, for sure. I think there's a fabulous um, maybe it's an economic thing too those of us that have the time and the wherewithal to be creative I dare say you can't really enjoy your creativity if you are worried about your next meal I don't, I don't know yeah, it's probably an e economic thing that lets us have that freedom to be creative as we want to. Yeah. Oh, another big subject. In terms of the collaboration and collective creativity and that, that kind of, you know, the, the work that we did with, um, uh, with Amadeus, do you have a favourite exercise, I think? Well, obviously the question. mood boards. The mood boards, yeah. Uh, obviously the mood boards. Um, I think the favourite part of it, yes, I, I, we, I frivolously say the mood board, but definitely the, the not sleepless nights, but the nights when I was awake and going, what could we do? What could we do? The process of, of the process of realising your vision, of honing in your vision, my vision for the production. I mean, it was so huge, so vast. We could have approached it in, it's so many ways. And so to hone in and, and polish that vision down was, that was the exciting thing to, to realize that vision with the, with the limitations that we had, the size of the venue, the budget that we had, the, the people that we had to create it, to, to make something. Yeah. That, yeah. The polishing of the vision and the, the fine tuning of the vision and, and the work yeah. to get there with that. The work not so much the work to get there, but certainly to, to narrow down and focus and to bring it down to this is what we can do. And that's always an exciting thing is to so well, I do, I do window, I design the windows for Anibus down here in Skull. And I'm, I enjoy the fact it's like, okay, what can I do with what I have got in front of me? So how could we do something with these windows without spending a gazillion euro? So what do I have around me? Oh, we have plastic bottles I've picked up on the beach. Okay, well, they're very sculptural. So how can you do it? It's that unexpectedness. So the question is, for me, so you were saying that you were kind of excited about honing it in. And, and in terms of the collaboration of that and the collectivity of it, the, the working with other people, is your view of that process at this point from, from a, a year well, I think it's the same thing with the whole collaborative thing when you're working. I had a very strong vision of what I thought the last production was going to be. To then, to, to be with my design team, um, to, to, to narrow it down and make it a strong best that it could be 
with with the other people coming in and that comes back to this pinging backwards of ideas because certainly and i chose my team a i asked the world to join my team but once the team was there we worked really well together and it it was that collaborative honing in and polishing of our vision and it brought in things that i would not have thought was important i didn't want i didn't think we needed it was it, it 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 that was that strength and that was that confidence and that was that permission to let person a say actually we need to be more frilly in this whatever and me going no 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 it's all right and then realizing that so it was that collaborative polishing of a very strong image that that was the exciting thing and to let I had never actually thought of using seaweed in this way. Oh, fantastic. That is just absolutely brilliant. We'll use seaweed. Never, you know, that kind of, and that gets back to how I approach my, my, the window designs is like, how do you use something creatively in an unexpected way and to be open to let that idea come in? You yeah. need to be floating around, be open, ready to receive that brilliant, shock of an idea and I think that's again the pinging bit that we've talked about is somebody will be up there on that block pinging their seaweed idea and you have to be open to that and that yeah. again is that permission and support that it's okay to admit that I had never thought about seaweed but it's totally awesome yeah, yeah so yeah it's oh I had and such a strong vision of blocks now very interesting yeah uh, such a in, strong in, in what sense yeah. of the blocks uh, of 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 this collective collaboration if you imagine everybody in that collaboration all standing on a column and they're oh. all at different heights yes okay relating to the status of that given moment and they're kind of oscillating so I throw from my little block, I throw the ball of an idea, this little pinging goes across to you that are up here on this high block. You don't want it. Your block falls down a bit. Mine goes up. We ping, you know, this sort of almost like some extraordinary computer game that is plinging backwards. And there's this fabulous light in the background and we're all there pinging in this. And then at the end, is it a pyramid or is it a platform? I presume then it's a platform and all of the columns are at the same height and yeah. we're all in this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Karen, that's a set design. Is that? <laughs> I must write this down. That's a... I've been thinking about why this, you know, about this kind of analyzing, um, the, the ideas of collaboration and the ideas of the collective creativity and all of that. Uh, I've been uh, wondering when they've come about and I suppose in a way what I've been aware of is that sense of confidence with how you, how you uh, process your work or how you hold it to create it and all of that and how that has happened over a period of years and I think it's lovely to be at this point where we are confident in that approach when we because so much of in you know 20 years ago you would always be worrying about is my idea being taken away is it being diluted but but that confidence now makes you realize it's not diluted you know you you can st stand firm when you need to be and then loosen up when you need to as well you know that's the beauty of it i think so having the confidence i think that is again to those words i said at the beginning the support if in the collaboration you've got people around you that are supportive that that support then feeds back in your confidence of standing firm with that idea yeah and it is support the collaboration is a supportive environment i mean you can't be unsupportive and collaborate with somebody yes I mean, yeah if they're, they're, you know you have to if you enter into a collaborative collaboration you have to be supportive and you have to be confident and you have to be open, open yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that you, you and receptive yeah so those words 
you know, this collective collaboration, it is that support. And I think that's what comes from working in a group or having a like-minded, um, a tribe when you are in a writing group or a textile group or a theater company or whatever it is, you have that support or even an Instagram. I'm Instagramming my, my daily pieces and the support group I have from people who I have no idea who they are all over the world who I can put up there going, I don't know that this worked. And they will come back to me saying, yes, it maybe doesn't work, but it doesn't matter. So the support I'm gaining and that that is, and I'm taking things and you talked about there with that question about having the confidence to safeguard that idea that you couldn't open it and share it. I have found things that have been so inspiring that I have acknowledged where that inspiration has come from. So in my trawling through Instagram world, oh, I found a piece there and oh God, that's so brilliant. I must try that. And I have tried it and acknowledged the source of that inspiration so yes having the confidence and of your vision to to give it to the world is yes. very important in a co collective collaborative so, experience yeah comes back to permission and support that you enter into this and uh, and as a creative person surely it is all about collaboration mm. the whole thing is about collaboration yeah, because no matter what you're doing as an artist, you're collaborating with somebody, mm. even if it's yourself. <gasps> yeah. you know, we're all questioning ourselves. So it's like you are collaborating, you're allowing yourself to, to make a mistake on this piece of paper or, or this workshop or something. Yeah, it's... It seems to me that your entire life is creative, that everything, that it just imbues all your life. And I suppose, I know that you said that you feel you have the space and uh, to, do, to do that and that we're lucky to do that. And I, I absolutely agree. But there's something around everything you do. Obviously, you've, you've your fingers in lots of, lots of groups and lots of work. Uh, you know, you're mentioning about doing the, the, the window and obviously your other, your other group and the work that you've done with me and stuff like that. But that it seems that creativity is imbued throughout your life, throughout all the decisions you make yeah. our day. Yes, it is. Um, I think I actually come from quite a, a creative family. My brother is creative in a different way, but very creative. He's a hands, he's a maker. He's another maker. And my mother is definitely a maker. Yes. My paternal grandfather was an architect and my paternal grandmother was a furniture maker and I don't know whether she designed the furniture or just ran the factory that made furniture. Either way, it was quite exceptional in the 1920s for her to be doing such a thing. But, and it's always in the family law that that side of my family were the creative ones. But ironically, I think it was my maternal grandmother who had no, did not have the space and the time and the wherewithal to be creative, but I suspect she was very creative. And I would say her motor skills and her hand, hand, you know, her making her hand skills, her motor skills were very strong. She was mm -hmm. a, she didn't have much money, so she made all her own clothes. And as a child, I can remember seeing them, and she invented her own stitches and her her own patterns and everything. So I suspect a lot of my creativity comes almost from that side of the family more than my paternal side. Um. Funnily enough, I'm not sure that that creativity has gone forward. My daughter is very creative, but she's not interested in, in creating in the sense that of knitting or creating that way. But she's very, very capable and has created. She cooks and all her work is similar to mine. She is a polyglot of talents. And when she's interested and has time, I'm sure she will be a maker as well. My son... I don't think it's creative at all. I don't know. He has never demonstrated much creativity in the traditional sense of creation. Um, he, I think he can write better than he knows and demonstrates. But anyway, yeah. as I say, we're all creative, but he hasn't, he doesn't gain any pleasure from creating anything, I don't think.
Right. Whereas my daughter does a garden and people say that you can tell it's my garden because of what I've planted and creativity. And it's a big part of my life. Yes, for sure. And, and Julia, what are you working on at the moment? What is your big, apart from your day? My piece of day does take up quite a bit of my time. Um, I do have a big giant piece that I am kind of working on slowly. Um, it is very difficult, I have to be honest, to be inside in my studio when the weather is fine. So um, I will be spending more time on it. I've got a big piece, which is kind of interesting to be going from a postcard sized something that's a bedsheet sized <laughs> piece. Yeah. But I'm seeing that since I started at my work, it's, there is a change that is coming from my daily thing. So there is a change. Okay, explain what the piece is. Well, it was for the Westcourt Creates exhibition that went virtually and I decided that it wouldn't work being virtual so I stopped and I withdrew from the exhibition um, which I kind of regret I should have pushed myself at that but that's another story so it is a giant just a very simple apple but I'm doing it almost like I'm approaching my daily pieces that there are little segments of it so it will be a big apple made up of little pictures if that makes sense so to connect them and make it a cohesive image is quite interesting when i'm doing these little pieces and then to take it to a yeah. bigger scale to a bigger scale i imagine that is very tricky yeah. uh, the physicality of it actually to phys physically stitch on a piece of fabric that's nearly two meters square is a different exercise too but like everything in my life i really want to show it to you rather than describe it because <laughs> it would be easier to do that did you say at some stage that it was going to be a bedspread rather than a piece of no it's, it's bedspread size okay oh yes it's, it's two meters um i that's one thing i mean i have been asked about my daily pieces all my my textile art is not tact and um, what's the word tactile is that word it's not really it's not like a quilt that should be yeah you know i haven't stitched it securely enough that it could withstand being touched okay. that makes it I, is I, definitely a visual thing rather yes. than a tactile okay thing. we disagree yeah i think it's very tactile in that you want to touch it but um uh you know there's the oh yes you want to touch it yeah, yeah. But that's not what I'm wanting to create something that yeah. can handle and withstand that, as you said. Yeah, I, I want to create something that you look at. And again, that's my visualness. And there is a part of me that is kind of niggling in the back of me that I need to do a quilt, and, yeah. which would be totally yeah. unusable and functional. Yeah. And then there's that eternal question you know, is it art? Because it's not practical yeah yeah of course in terms of your future ideas or um you you have been working on this large project you have your daily piece what would excite you to do in the future my daily challenge to myself has 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 brought up some questions that that creatively I want to look at again. Um, as I said, I do write a little bit about each piece and there are definitely questions that will warrant looking at again and going back. So possibly I will re, um, re look at pieces that I enjoyed and explore. I certainly would like to do another production, another collaborative work with yourself and I'm very interested in some movement and choreography. I think that would be a very exciting thing to see how what I've done before visually you could translate with movement. So how effective it is to get 25 people doing the same gesture. I don't know. I, I think that would be a very exciting thing to look at. Um, it doesn't relate at all to my textile practice, but as far as a future working, yeah, it would be really kind of interesting. 
And then that would relate to the visual thing of how you could light it. Yes. How you could put music to it and exciting um, development of my own creative practice. You say it doesn't relate to the textile. I know that in Amadeus, which was, we worked a lot with movement and movement is very, really interesting question that you raised for me. It's, it gets my head buzzing because I suppose I would like to think quite a lot about where theatre and performance art intersect and, and dance is definitely part of that. Pina Bosch is somebody that I certainly love seeing her work. Um, but, you, you know, in, in what we've done, it was quite movement based, but your textile came into it in terms of clothing the people who moved on stage. And is your desire to be to do choreography coming from that is there is there something a legacy of something else or is this different i don't know this i don't think it's related to my my textile practice at all um other than the physicality that stitching is a physical um, activity and there's a repetition of of movement with with stitching and that it's that repetition and flow and confidence and 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 um synchron synchronicity if that's such a word of your stitching that makes it even and flowing so yes there is i mean i'm i'm grasping at straws to find a connection it's not so much that i think there's a connection i think it goes back to what you first or earlier in the conversation said about my creativity it's just another string to my bow i guess it's um, I very much enjoy seeing people move. I've never really got into ballet or even watching ballet. It's just something that's never presented itself. I've never been anywhere where there's been much ballet. And it's not so much ballet, but certainly movement is fascinating. Mm. You, you know, I, I just had another thought of as you were talking there and doing your movements, I was wondering... Do, do you ever get a sense of your physicality when you are stitching? Um, and then that led me on to think of, we should do a little video of the stitch. Yes. And then funnily enough, two days ago, I did something and it just didn't work. The, the thread snagged. I talked about how there's the right way and the wrong way to thread the needle and all the rest of it. Whatever I was doing, however I must have been holding the needle or something, it just didn't work. Every second stitch, damn thing knotted or it caught on a pin. It, it was the first time that I struggled and I was swearing and shouting and I nearly walked away from it. And I thought, this is, I have to work through this. So that was another interesting thing that I did push myself through. And it was the physicality of it. I tried to relax tried it shook my hands out to see what it that there was a definite physical barrier to the the to the stitching so yeah it is physical so maybe it's really? and then you could talk about a giant stitching where people actually sew and this thread that runs yeah look we can go on forever talking what we can do next mentioned about uh, words becoming more important just give me a little insight into that because a couple of things that we've done recently where you prepared some words I was I, I they were just so flowy and wonderful talk to me about that how that is changing for you I'm finding myself in my sketchbooks that I it are basically mood boards I'm finding I'm writing myself notes, which I have never done before. I am remarking on words that I'm reading that I don't know. I'm making the effort to put down what I'm reading to go away and find out what this word means. So they are becoming a little bit more of an interest to me anyways. Um, but maybe that's because I'm getting older and forgetful and, and writing my notes is important. Is it just fun or does it make you understand what you're doing more? More of an aid memoir it's it is note making um there is a, a it, there is a lovely thing i don't read enough and i don't read enough poetry but that flow of of the right words at the right time that sound of it that 
flowing. It's it's all connected, really, isn't it? I mean, it's one one word leads to another, one stitch leads to another, and distorting it and not getting it right and it not jarring and not sounding right. Yeah, it's all it's all connected. We're all connected. Julia, just before we finish up, um, I'm kind of looking I'm looking forward to our next project, whatever that might be. Final question that I am going to ask everyone in this series is. Uh, if you had a chair, what would that chair be? Um, what in chair or what chair inspires you? Or choose a chair and tell me about it. Choose a chair and tell you about it. I think the a chair, the chair itself, possibly is not the important thing in this. I think where the chair is. I think the chair that is up at a table is that's the important thing you're at a table whether you're around a table whether you're eating or discussing or creating it's that i i'm not sure that the chair is the important bit but the table if that makes sense yes um i i do sit at a chair when i work i am i'm inclined to sit on the floor in all honesty i, I do a lot of and, and certainly with my big piece i'm doing it all on the floor um i actually work quite a bit on the floor but as far as a chair, I think, yeah, I think a chair by itself. Yeah, I think a chair has to be at a table and possibly with other chairs. Yeah, the chair at the table, I'm afraid. That's okay. And, and does the chair have a color? Does the chair have a color? Oh, ha ha. Does the chair have a color? Um, yes. Uh, does it have a color? No. No, but it has a rather fabulous cushion on it that's embroidered and is very colourful. Yeah. You're <laughs> laughing because you know the answer. <laughs> you don't know the answer. But no, it would have a very gloriously um, calf facet uh, inspired um, embroidered cushion on it. Fantastic. That was possibly done a generation, several generations ago and repaired by several generations of, of, of stitches and is slightly worn and is looking forward to um the future repair it needs a little bit of repair on the um embroidery but the chair itself would be yeah color yeah. probably um hardanger red chair um hardanger is a region in norway and all the barns are painted in this rather oh ketchup colored red and that makes sense yeah, yeah. and they're all known in norway as hardanger red it mixes with lots of things it looks great with turquoise it looks great with gold it looks great with black. yeah it's that would be a good color red with an embroidered seat fantastic i think we're all watching enough scandy films to be able to imagine that red these days well it's not i don't think it's particularly norwegian uh, american red bonds throughout the midwest of course they were all norwegians too but yeah yeah, yeah. so yes a chair at a table Oh, so, so your homework now is to go and write the story of that fantastic chair and, and especially the cushion on top of it. Okay. All right. Of the embroidered cushion that has been repaired. Okay. All right. That's my homework. And then, and then of course, the other thing that I have to say is that uh, play acting theatre that um, you and I have been involved with for many, many years uh, from the outset. Um, it's, it's the icon that describes it or or is our is our branding image is a chair is a bentwood chair in blue isn't it it is it is uh, well so and karen your chair the chair has featured in i want to say in everything that we've done together but not quite yeah do you remember the in search of color do you yeah. remember in search of color with three chairs there were three chairs um, yeah. yeah absolutely there was a rather fabulous chair in um, La Cage, I seem to remember. Not quite a chair, a stool. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, the chair is, um, a, it's a fantastic instrument mm. to... Symbol. Yeah, a wonderful symbol. Julia, thank you so much for being my first guest on this podcast, Take the Chair. Talking theatre and creativity, it's been absolutely fantastic. As always, working with you. Thank you, Karen. And I can't wait to um, A, hear this back again myself and B, look forward to your future guests. But thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Thank you.
Slan. Thank you so much for listening to my first foray into the world of podcasting. As I already mentioned, Blog 1 has been published on the WordPress site last week, and next week we'll see Blog 2 published with Podcast 2 to follow the week after. Hope you can join us then. Oh,